Hi everyone, welcome to episode 17 of Customers Who Click. Uh, today's guest is Raj Anand, the founder of Goodman Lantern, and we're here today to talk about content marketing. Content marketing is a great way of providing value to your audience and, and building a trustworthy brand. It works all the way through the funnel, whether you're looking to acquire, engage, or retain customers, and can work for pretty much any business, really. So let's hear from Raj to get the details. Hi Raj, welcome to the podcast. Uh, to tell us a bit about yourself, your, your background, and why you do what you do. Thank you. Well, well, good to be here, firstly. Uh, so I'm the CEO and founder of Goodman Lantern. We are a company which provides uh, native English content writers and software development services um, that help businesses sell better and grow faster. Uh, we do content writing for some of the, the largest luxury retailers and the B2C uh, sector. And in the B2B, we do a lot of customers who are sort of mid uh, to large customers. As it happens... Uh, this is my third business. Uh, I sold one of them in, in the past and one, one as, as it happens, when, when it's up. But, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer by, by, by training, uh, but I got into marketing. And uh, before I set up Goodman Lantern, uh, I, I should work for a Spanish company as their, initially the country manager and product, product manager. Then I got into this, become a CEO. Uh, took 280 flights per year for them. Did a lot of money and thought, you know what, it's time to now kind of get into running my own business again. And that's when I started Goodman Land in 2014. Wow. Okay. 280 flights is a lot. I bet you've got miles for life now. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, being on the golden platinum cards and stuff. And it was, it was really, really nice to travel around. But I think initially, you know, feel excited about being, you know, doing this kind of um, flights and stuff and, and you know, looking, going around the globe. But then very quickly it gets, gets, gets too much uh, too quickly and you want to kind of get out of it. So, I mean, after the end of my, my tenure with the Spanish company, my, my aim was to start a company where I can work from anywhere. Uh, in fact, my goal for myself was to start a business which I could run from a boat in the Andaman Sea. That was my, my big, big target. And now obviously that's called remote working. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how things change for me, I guess. So a uh, very good goal to have. Um, so tell us a bit more about, uh, Goodman Lantern and, uh, and, and what a standard day looks like for you. Sure. So, uh, as I mentioned, we, we have two different services within Goodman Lantern. One is native English content writing and the other one is uh, software development, both of which are very marketing centric. Uh, we uh, we help our customers, help them really build the brand, uh, tell the story, and and really help them with things I'm really passionate about, which is which is SEO. Because I, I I've seen in my career that every time I run a campaign or an SEO content writing, it's always generated fantastic results. It's just been a very good. Uh, for the ROI, as it were. Um, so, I mean, typically, uh, you know, as, as, as a founder, obviously, in the beginning of the business, I was really focused working in the business. But uh, about two years back, my decision was to kind of change my way of working and work work on the business. So, um, you know, a lot of my work now has had been to sort of really delegate things to my, my team. Uh, we have head of departments. Uh, we have uh, different team members who do different roles and report back to me. We do weekly huddles, the team. Um, my role really is to, to, to work on the client engagement, uh, think of strategies, 
um, I'm kind of a mentor for my team, as it were, and you know, constantly learning things. I mean, I, I'm part of a ton, a ton of entrepreneur groups where we spend a lot of money to be part of these groups. But the the value it creates for me and the team is incredible. Uh, you know, our our biggest uh, challenge about two years back was how do we really get the team to to think as a as a unit, as a as a sports team, or as a, a, you know, and that was really hard for me initially. But you know we have been focused really on our on our on our mission, our vision, our core values, which has changed completely for us how businesses run. And actually, um, you know now we are a much stronger team. As I mentioned before, we are a remote team, and um, you know running a remote company is, is is challenging. But I think if if a company has their core values fixed, um, there is a major victory for them and they can actually progress much much better as a unit together yeah definitely i think if you've got uh, employees who are really uh, kind of bought into the company the values and are motivated then remote working should be much easier but if you you know if you're not focusing on those things uh it's, it's a lot easier for those people to kind of waste time and and sit around a bit unmotivated and it's a lot more damaging isn't it I believe so. I think what happens also is that um, typically I've seen that companies sort of are run with every a team member having a different agenda. Um, you know, when 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 we work with our customers, our aim is that every team member has the same thoughts and processes in their mind, and it also helps us and guides us to the process of making a big decision. You know, for example, you know, uh, should we invest in a, a new software. Um, so, you know, our um, one of our core values is is experimentation, um, and and we are really happy to try different things. Uh, we are very happy to encourage members if they if they fail, and and we help them get up and try again. Uh, it's part of our, our core values, and we believe that these you know we have four core values, and these four values guide us in the right direction. So every every time we talk to my head of content or the head of technology or a programmer, all of us have the same thoughts on how we're going to progress further. And it wasn't easy. Initially, it, you know, it was very, very hard. But, you know, now we, you know, we had to fire a lot of people, um, unfortunately, and let them go. But, you know, we built a team uh, bottom up so that we are all aligned together and really believe in the, the mission of Good Manhattan. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's good to hear. Um, so, do you want to tell us a bit more about content marketing, then? You know, what's what's it cover? You know, if a B two C brand um, wanted to learn more about content marketing, sure, sure. So, within B two C, we we work mainly with retailers. Uh, obviously, with currently in, in the pandemic mode, you know, a lot of retailers have understood that actually selling online is a very important part of what they what they do. Um, when it comes to content, there are multiple sort of ways you can, you can sort of divide the content. But if you look at the content sort of uh, sphere, there, there are certain types of content which, which work really well. So, for example, blogs and articles, long-form uh, content, white papers, social media, newsletters, and other uh, content, for example, you know, scripting of videos and stuff like that, for example. Videos have now become a very important part of, of marketing and SEO in general as well. Um, but if you think about content, 
you know, instead of thinking about the types of content, we like to think about this in the point of view of a funnel uh, or maybe even a flywheel. So typically the content which we uh, uh, write is based on the, the, the mission and the vision of the company and where they stand in their, in, in their sort of goals for the next, you know, next year, next two years, next five years, next 10 years. So for example, if the, if the customer is just dipping their toes into content, they're still the beginning of the journey. And the aim is to just kind of get as much uh, traffic um, as much as many eyeballs as possible to their uh, to their site to the to their business, and that's top of the funnel. That's like top of the funnel. Just trying to get as many people as possible. The next stage is is education. So you, you get your, your 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 visitors in. You get your 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 potential customers in. And now is to educate them on the the context of what you do and what value you provide. So for example, if if there was a, a car manufacturer, and initially we'll talk about you know how to, how to choose a car, uh, you know what are the different components of a car. But when you come to the middle of, of the funnel, it's about educating about the genre in which the, the car manufacturer is, is a leader. So for example, it's luxury. You know, how do you how do you find your your car with the, the best gadgets inside it you know how do you find a, a car which is which will satisfy your needs to play music or to navigate your way through that's the sort of the middle of the funnel and then finally we come down to the bottom of the funnel which is basically um where we help the customer convert their warm leads or their educated customers into paying paying customers. So now from a lead, they become a paying customer and that kind of content is completely different. So, you know, what we will do top of the funnel um, is completely different to what we'll do bottom of the funnel. Uh, bottom of the funnel may be more focused on um, conversion. Uh, maybe for someone, newsletters are, are a nice way, but sometimes there are offers which you can put in to get them to convert into paying customers. And again, it depends on the, the, the genre of the customer. Sometimes, Luxury customers prefer that this is done through private uh, event, whether it's it's virtual or it's it's in person. Um, and again, we we try to help them to to have a strategy in place which they can implement to get these customers going. Um, now, this is a funnel example I've just kind of given you, but we have in over the last few months realized that actually, you know, this is a, a constant process. What you put at the bottom of the funnel actually leads to more customers. It's, it's how you treat your customers. You know, this whole funnel is not about, you know, if you think of customers just as funnels uh, or funnel people who are going through a funnel, I think we can, we can probably lose the sight of the bigger picture, which is that customers who are satisfied, who are happy, will actually talk about you and educate other people about your business, your service, your product, and send them your way. So actually... The funnel is a kind of a flywheel. So what you put at the bottom of the funnel then goes up, up the funnel to bring in more customers, more referrals, and more business. Could you give us a quick example of, you know, pick, pick like one business, some sort of e-commerce business, and just a quick, what would you do as top, middle, bottom funnel? Uh, let's say it was a, just like a fashion retailer. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, when we look at the fashion retailer, for example, which some of them we work with, um, the top of the funnel example tends to be where we are talking about fashion, uh, 
uh, in general. Sometimes it's actually not about fashion, it's about lifestyle. We talk about healthy living. We talk about, uh, you know, why save the, the environment, for example, because that's important for some of the customers. Today in the luxury fashion industry, we see a lot of the customers are actually, you know, looking at people who are, who care about the, the, the environment, you know, global warming, that sort of stuff. That, that tends to be, you know, far away from the actual clothing which they're selling in. But this is important to the, to the customer. So the content we write about is some in, in that genre. Then if you want to, you know, bring those people in, we write content on the area, uh, put on the, on the site or social media that leads to people, you know, understanding the brand, uh, the company itself, which then leads them to kind of look at other stuff, which is there on their, on their website. In the middle section of the funnel, we are really focused on educating them. How does a brand work alongside, for example, the, the environment? Um, you know, how some of the, the, the bags they, they prepare are, are made out of recycled plastic uh, bottles. And that's what we kind of put into the education. Uh, for example, we, we talk about the, the impact on CO2 emissions and how you see saving the, the environment for them. Um, that's the middle funnel. Bottom funnel basically are you know, straight up offers. We'll give them offers. We'll invite them for exclusive content, which they can sign up to. And, and that really leads to them signing up to a plan if the company is doing that, for instance, or for example, buying products or services from the company itself. So that's the kind of typical funnel which we'll have with, 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 a, with a retailer. Uh, this might look a little different for B2B, but in general, they are very similar. Yes, it's kind of top of the funnel, we care about the environment. Middle of the funnel, here's how we care about the environment. And bottom of the funnel is, here are the products we have that care about the environment. Absolutely. I, I think obviously there are themes which we run through and these themes are, are, are decided by the, the, with the customer at a board level, usually, um, you know, sometimes we, we are, we come in to kind of given, given our opinions, but typically brands today are, are really good at thinking about their, the bigger picture uh, uh, thought leadership. And they, they bring that in alongside the brief, which we, which we get from them. Yeah. Okay, cool. What are the common myths and um, misconceptions about content marketing? <laughs> I mean, there are quite a few of them, obviously. Um, I, I think the most common thing we have heard is, you know, we wrote 10 blog posts last year and guess what? It didn't work. So content marketing doesn't work at all. Um, that's something we hear quite often. Uh, it's really unfortunate because a content strategy is, first of all, not a long-term strategy uh sorry so it's not short-term strategy it's a long-term strategy um if you're thinking short-term content will not it's not going to work unfortunately uh, it needs a, a thought about process put into place to embark on con into content um so for example um you know if a company hasn't got got into doing research into their into their competition and the perception by the customer, uh, their customer, then that will be one sort of missing point right at the beginning. But also it's important that every content is, is actually experimented with, trialed with, and then scaled up. Because content only works if there is a process put into place to scale it up. 
10 pieces of content for the entire year will not do this magic. It needs to be researched, uh, put into practice, scaled up, and to bring in marketing specialists who are thought leaders in that particular area. Um, educating the customer, uh, educating the, the market about your offering is super important. It only happens if you bring in your thought leadership and allow your best people to put their thoughts to somebody who can then put that into, into, into writing format, whether it's a, it's a white paper or it is a, a blog or an article. It has to be put into place. It has to happen at scale. You have to allow the content to be produced at a mass, mass level so you can go into not only your own blogs, also, for example, um, you know, other people who can be affiliates, for example, as well. And each content piece will be a little bit different. Affiliates write a different piece of content which will endorse you in one way or the other and get you to sale. Your blog posts are more educational, for example, and they need to be written in a particular way as well. So it's about scaling up. It's about research. It's about all the above to make it really happen. Yeah, I suppose, I guess it's kind of like every marketing channel, really. You know, you've got to do your research first. You can't just jump into it. Uh, you, you test things out, learn what works, and then uh, and then double down on that and, and take it from Absolutely. there. But, but I think um, a lot of businesses that don't that try to do things like blogs, um, but don't really think of it as content marketing, do tend to have that approach of just we need to get a blog out every week, and that's pretty much the. Well, it's not even a strategy, really, is it? It's they, their goal, I suppose, is just to do get one article out every week on the blog so that it can go in the newsletter on social media and stuff. And that's, that's probably why uh, a lot of businesses don't see the results because they're, they're not, there's no research, there's no plan there. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, this, as you mentioned before, well, it's, it's, it's like other marketing strategies, you know, there has to be a plan put in place. I think, the number of blogs uh, or articles or content per week is less important than the impact it makes to uh, to help you get your, get your brand out there, your, your service out there, or to get the customers to, to convert. Um, I think to get to get that sort of right, the first step has to be research. It has to be the potential competition you have in the market, and what are the potential opportunities as a business because I think if one has done that research understood the keywords for example understood the band perception then potentially the, the work to be done on content was much easier um, it's that initial homework to be done to kind of get there um, and that is you know very very tricky I think um, sometimes customers miss that and think it's all about that sort of one blog post per week which perhaps is not going to help them achieve their goals yeah exactly so i guess expanding that on that a bit more then um if someone wanted to get started with content marketing uh, what are what are the key things they need to uh they need to consider first in order to get started um uh, well i um well i think the first thing definitely would be to understand their objectives you know what is it that they want to do is it to build a brand is it to increase the traffic is it to convert a current traffic into paying customers or is it edu education for example uh, once that's done um, then it is okay 
Well, if you want to say, for example, increase traffic, um, where what is the competition right now in the market? Uh, for example, if you are um, selling bags and in luxury bags, for example, you know, is it going to be? Uh, is it is it really targeted at at um, at, at women of a particular age uh, or, or location, for example? Um, who else is in, in the market doing something similar? What are what is the brand value of those companies? What is your brand value? Um, what is that you can do which is different and, and makes you stand out from them, for example? It's about being innovative about your approach and, and a little bit different as well. Is it going to be sold online, offline? The combination of them is it going to be sold as a, a, a sort of a, a annual plan, for example. So those kind of research as well, and then also figuring out, you know, if if that is the case, what are the keywords, for example, or or bits of um, content you can write, which could be effectively convert your prospects into to customers. So it's that kind of research to be done initially, um, and then trying out a few things. Uh, after building a, a strategy in, in place and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Um, unfortunately, there, there isn't an easy way to kind of uh, have a, a guaranteed approach to, to, to writing anything uh, in content or any form of marketing. It's a lot of trial and error. Um, and and it's, it's to see how it works. Now, with content especially um, and just, just content marketing and, and SEO, it takes time. Um, you know, it's not a, a overnight success. Uh, sometimes it takes up to six months to two, seven, sometimes even two years to kind of get the results which you want, want to get. But it's that believing in the process and just going at it and having a frequency in mind at which you'll be kind of going ahead. So when we work with the customers, we, we try to put in a process to, to educate them as well. You know, we, we the first couple of months when you're working with the customers, we really work on making them understand what we are doing for them, uh, what research has been done for them, uh, the learning and delivery, how it's done, for example. And we constantly improve our process to make to show them that this is what we're currently working on. This is what we did last month. This is what the com- comments we got from people. Uh, this is what we put on social media. This is what the likes we got for, for them. And guess what, guys? This works really well. Let's double down on this particular aspect of the content. Measure it. Uh, using Google Analytics, for example, or other tools which we, we use to measure uh, the, the, the impact on uh, the brand and, and the, the content which is created for them, and then improve on that regularly. Uh, every month, we, we work on a, a sort of uh, analytics of, of what we got from them, um, discuss it with them in, in, in a call, and get that improved month on month. I mean, we've seen, for example, one of the highest ROIs been newsletters for for us, and uh, every month we manage to improve the the click through rates, for for instance, uh, and the open rates, is because we've been constantly focused on measuring uh, our success and what has worked and what hasn't. Yeah, it's so important to measure, isn't it? You know, actually have those KPIs in place, uh, measure performance of everything you're doing, and and then you kind of get your direction from there, and you know. Uh, what you should be doing more of, what's what's not working, what might need tweaking. Um, how important do you think brand is in uh, in content marketing? So, uh, do you think if if a company just had kind of a, you know, obviously, obviously they they have a brand, but um, you know they put out a really good piece of content. Do you think it's it's better? To, yeah. Do you think it's better to focus on just the quality of the content, or 
Um, would it be better to have may, maybe slightly, slightly worse content, but with a clear, distinct brand behind it? So the tone of voice in in the writing and things like that. Hmm. I mean, obviously, brand is a very important part of any marketing strategy. Um, I think having a voice, a, a unique voice, I should say, is is super important to be able to distinguish oneself from from the others. I mean, any market today, whether it is selling software, uh, selling uh, carpets, and you're selling services, all of them. Uh, there is an element of of a, of a strong brand. You know, brands can you know make or break a business. The perception of the business can can be changed completely. Also, the value of what you sell. I mean, you know, th- if you think about it, you know, many many companies provide T-shirts today, but you know, some brands can can charge you know hundred x uh, uh, the price you would pay for a, a T-shirt from Amazon, for instance, and, and that's because they have a, a strong brand value a brand promise and they really make sure that they deliver to it is that the customer service that they kind of put in and this brings me back to the idea of the flywheel obviously you know if you as a brand um promise something and deliver it and 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 surpass the 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 thoughts which the customer initially had uh to deliver that that promise you know they will talk about it um, I mean, I know, for example, you know, I, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm big on technology. I, I buy a lot of, uh, uh, you know, electronics, for instance. And, you know, before my friends, uh, you know, get them, for example, when before Apple um, was, you know, popular with their iPhones, you know, I got the iPhone 1 and 2, and I was on and on about iPhone and how, how it was. I was the sort of the top leader in the in the electronic market, the mobile phone market uh, for my friends. And, you know, I could recommend them to, to go get an iPhone because I was impressed by what it can do. I mean, smartphones at that point had just come out, you know, before, the, before that we were all using, using Nokia, for example. And they were, they were great phones, Nokia. But, you know, iPhone came in and said, I'm going to change the way you interact with uh, a mobile phone and what you can do with it. And, you know, fast forward today, um, and I'm now moved on to a Samsung, for example, because you know I'm I, I love to use a stylus, and I'm a, I'm a Samsung Note guy. Now maybe I'm perhaps two two years ahead of my friends who are still on on the Apple iPhone, but I am you know I'm impressed by what Samsung can do for me, and 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 you know recommend that. Before Samsung, I was on OnePlus, which is a Chinese manufacturer, and you know, none not of my friends have heard about OnePlus. But now, uh, a lot of my friends are using either Apple or OnePlus because I've been on and on about OnePlus and what it can do. So, the brand which OnePlus came in and said, "Listen, we will give you a high quality uh, smartphone at a fraction of the price of what you pay for your your um, Samsung or Apple iPhone." and and they did that, and I was just impressed by what they did. And I spoke about them a lot, actually, and got them more customers. So, you know, I became their unofficial brand ambassador. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one because, yeah, you're in a situation there where, as, as far as most people are aware, there's Apple and Samsung. And all right, there was like HTC and other things, but there were kind of two very distinct, you know, customer bases um, or market leaders. And so, when someone who's a bit more tech savvy picks up one of these other devices, I think you are naturally going to be more uh, vocal about it. 
and not in a oh, not in a you know that kind of uh, oh I'm not an iPhone user you know whatever you just you know it's just Apple or whatever you're saying look I've I've actually I've discovered this other phone I think it's really great whereas I think you know if you like you said with the t-shirts if you if you find a brand that you quite like I'm I'm not sure if you're so likely to to brag about it so much you you know someone might just might ask you and you might say yeah I really like it you know really good website not sure how many consumers talk about the website but uh yeah really like their website or the customer service was great uh, and the t-shirt's really good um but i think you're less likely to kind of volunteer that information true true i i i, I kind of agree with that but also i'll say for example there was this uh, revolution created by dell uh via the dell.com website which was which allowed consumers to customize their Dell laptops and computers. I mean, that was at one point the the preferred way for both individuals and businesses to, you know, customize and, and buy laptops. Obviously, there's been a big disruption in the market through, um, you know, having a standardized uh, Apple, uh, you know, Apple Mac, for example, which, which obviously you, you have... X number of, of variations of the of the laptop and, and they are, are great to make life easier. But sometimes actually if one thinks outside the box and 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 gives a service or customization which is unusual, people do talk about it. Even if it's a website, uh, people do talk about it. I think even if you look at t-shirts or maybe say shoes, my wife has been really talking about this shoe called Veja, V-E-J-A, which is uh, used by making, uh, by recycling plastic bottles. Now, I just thought very interesting that, you know, she cares about the environment and people in her circle do as well. So she's been, you know, talking about the shoes to kind of, um, you know, showcase that there is a, a need to help the the, the, the world by being in a, in a cleaner place, but also to, you know, wear his recycled shoes, for instance. So I think when people are passionate about what they do uh, and what they want to believe in, uh, they talk about even the most bizarre things like websites. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's, that's the content marketing side, isn't it? Actually putting that message on there and making people really aware that, uh, you know, these are your brand values and, and this is what you're doing for the environment, for example. Um, Whereas if, you know, if, if that messaging wasn't there, but they still did it, you're probably, well, obviously less likely to talk about it because you don't know. Um, so what are, you've probably touched on it a bit actually, but what are some of the biggest uh, or most common mistakes you see when people uh, are doing content marketing? Um, so, I mean, obviously you spoke a little bit about um, the the process um but i think one big general thing i see for people who have who are not currently on that journey is that they gave up too early um you know uh, one thing which i have recognized and i'm i'm talking about now not only content marketing or marketing and just in general that you know things in my business in my in my career have worked when they are long-term. I believe things for me and in my in my opinion work when we think about them long-term. So, you know, when I was building a business in, for, for the first, first time, my, my vision was to kind of 
build a company, grow it to a level, and then sell it, um, which kind of made me very really short-sighted. It was very focused on, you know, quick goals, uh, quick wins, and and you know, turnaround of 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 the business. But actually, you know, with most businesses and most strategies, they work when they are long-term. When you know, as 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 I think, I think it was a a quote from. Uh, Jeff Bezos, which was, um, you know, most businesses are won't have success after 10 years. So it takes 10 years for a business to, to, actually, to actually achieve their goals. And strategies which you put in place, whether it's, whether it's um, you know, focusing on um, giving customers more value or to um, allow, you know, allow your, 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 your content or your, your product to be better, it takes a long time. Um, it can't be achieved within, you know, a month or two or even one year. Sometimes it's longer, but it's about being persistently focused on the, the goal and to, to achieve it takes a lot of effort, a lot of failures. And when people give up too early, they don't, before they achieve their, their goal um, and, and the, the impact they want to see, they leave that journey and that's when things don't work out for them. So, and, and that's what leads to, um, you know, a lot of people are not achieving a success with content. But actually, if you look at the market today, um, both in B2C and B2B, uh, especially, for example, uh, providers like uh, HubSpot, who sell like inbound marketing, their, their philosophy is that, you know, the biggest ROI in marketing today uh, is inbound marketing, which is primarily driven by um, my content, um, whether it's content which you write, content which you see on YouTube, for example, or podcasts like, like you're doing well. So these are all f- kind of forms of, of content which can help the customer educate them and then convert them. Yeah, some companies are guilty of um, not taking that long-term approach to their customers. You know, there's a lot of focus on uh, acquisition, you know, spend money, spend money on ads, Facebook, PPC, Instagram, uh, TV, whatever, um, and actually less focus on on the engagement and the retention of those customers. And so maybe they don't see the value in longer-term strategies such as content marketing because they think, well, you know, we can get these customers in every day uh, through through advertising, so why do we need it? And actually, yeah. it's there because it does give that. You know, it's like that uh, top and top and middle funnel stuff in particular. Really, actually helps um, build that relationship and engagement with a brand. And if you're doing that constantly, you'll it'll help you retain customers as well because they'll see the value. They'll see the the values of the company as well. Um, I think, yeah, that's. Um, it's definitely something that a lot of companies are guilty of, kind of get, getting customers in and then just assuming that's that's pretty much all they have to do. And it's uh, yeah, similar to a content strategy, isn't it? Uh, I think you know, give, the giving up too early is, uh, or not following the, the methodologies. You know, that kind of try, just saying right, we're going to do content marketing, give it a go for ten weeks. You know, put ten articles out there. It's not really done much, and they give up. True. And I think also it's 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 a philosophy thing, isn't it? It's like um, I think overall, if you look at the um, the approach of a company, 
if we start thinking about marketing and sales and operations and programming and accounting, everything as a separate unit, it actually doesn't do justice to the company itself. If the approach is integrated, it's like together you think about, you know, giving high value to your customer. I'm confident that that will lead to uh, retention of the customer. That will lead to more sales. And also it will lead to a, a positive vibe about the company. It's about constantly giving something to them. Whether it's like a free coffee when they're in the, in the lounge of your, of, your, of, your, of your store, for example, or whether it is that extra content to educate them, it's that value creation which you do. And it has to be constant. It has to be, it has to be part of your company's ethos. And, and, and this is something which you have to make it part of a culture. I think if if you build a strategy which is one side, which is basically marketing, you, you're a giver, but in, in accounts you're not, then there's a problem. I think it's something you have to believe in completely and follow it through. Yeah, completely agree. So uh, what do you think will be the big trends in content marketing for you know the next 12 to 18 months or, or longer? Uh, I, I think, um, I mean, I can, I can see from the point of view of retail market, I mean, there is... Um, unfortunately, we are in a in a difficult situation as, as, as a human race. Um, we are, you know, obviously going through pandemic times. Um, there is a a lot of people who are suffering, you know, a loss of of life, um, you know, loved ones that you know people are losing jobs, for example. We are in a, in a difficult situation at the moment. Um, but for some companies this is an opportunity to to innovate and help um, their their partners their customers um, and because we can't interact with people face to face as much as you like to do today um, the, the, the 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 medium today is is online but the, these are zoom calls um, or for example these are you know, platforms like Pindu, which is like a, a, a new one in China, whether, whether these are, uh, for example, TikTok, um, Snapchat, whatever it is that it might be, these are ways to engage and interact with your customers. And within them, we see four different opportunities and and trends, which we are looking, seeing quite a bit. And these are, for, number one is a high volume production. So, you know, how do you, Produce content uh, on 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 brand regularly at a very high speed and scale. Um, number two is conversion and optimization. So, you know, how do you constantly uh, improve the, for example, the basket size when people are you know adding stuff to their to the e-commerce site? How do you help increase the conversions? For example, how do you make content which you know, persuade people to actually buy things more from your site. For example, on Amazon, you can you know, they recommend things. So if you buy one, they recommend a complementary product as well. Similarly, they are, for example, challenge number three, which is search optimization. You know, how do you maximize the search engine revenues in any, any market? Um, you know, whether it's in the local market and globally, for example. Uh, and finally, it is the marketplace optimization so how do you enhance the product visibility uh, conversion rates on third-party platforms like amazon uh, like ebay uh, like other sites like alibaba for example and help you sell not only on your own 
website and platform, but also on, on, on third-party sites as well. Yeah, I think um, the high-volume production is, is something that's going to be quite interesting, um, especially, if, especially if you can kind of personalize it as well. Um, I spoke to uh, the founder of a company called Bonjuro recently, um, actually on a, on a podcast episode, and uh, yeah, he, his company does personalized video, and I think it's, it's a fantastic way for, for B2B and B2C to get uh, good content out there that is, uh, can either be uniquely you know, personalized one-to-one or, you know, if you are an e-commerce site that's got thousands of customers, it can be kind of that high volume, unique content that is, you know, well, it's unique to that day, for example. Um, so I think stuff like that will be really good and it, and it kind of helps build up your brand as well. It's just that extra engagement piece. Um, so I think stuff like that would be really important as well. Definitely. Um, do you have any pet peeves when it comes to marketing? Yeah, I mean, there are they are, they are a few. Um, um, I, as I mentioned before, I think um, no department should in the company should ever be uh, considered in, in, in a silo. I believe the entire company works together, um, especially marketing and sales departments. Um, you know, marketing is often uh, is is often responsible for for generating uh, leads for the company, um, and it's the sales department's job to convert them. But actually, I believe that you know they should be working together. Um, they they have to work together, to kind of generate leads and convert them together and build uh, a promise which you deliver deliver to um, you know especially in 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 you know in in you know b2c and b2b both uh, you you see that often you know it's, it's it seems like marketing's job ends at a certain point and sales begins but actually if sales can begin a bit earlier and and actually educate marketing and marketing does the same for sales people actually there's there's actually a better way of working together um i think um for me personally yeah and this is part of what i've learned over the last few years is that you know a company's job is is to satisfy um the the end end buyer uh, right from learning about the company, right to to actually buying something, and then after service as well, and this cannot stop. This should be a passion and a mission for every employee, contractor working for the company. Um, it sh- it should be a, a a job of every person in the company to to satisfy and and impress the the buyer because that's their job. If they are in accounts. Well, whether they are in, in in sales or if they are the CEO of the company, it doesn't matter. All of us have the same job, which is to make our customers happy and always wow them and impress them so they go and become our brand ambassadors and sell for us. Yeah, I uh, completely agree again. Um, I think one of the issues is probably down to, to misaligned uh, like KPIs and objectives. Um, and may and potentially also a, a too much focus on personal bonuses, or oh, sorry, bonuses that are determined by personal performance, um, which is something you still need. But you know, if, if a marketing team has the objective of driving a thousand leads a month, 
they're going to they're go and drive you a thousand leads a month. And then now at the end of each month, they're going to sit there going, cool, job, job well done. And then the sales team who are tasked with uh, converting those leads is kind of sat, you know, potentially sat there going, yeah, but it's all rubbish. You know, you've, you've brought us uh, the wrong person from, you know, wrong people from companies, you know, the wrong job titles, uh, the wrong industries as well and stuff like that. And then, so then, yeah, you're right. They need to be working together to make sure uh, they're, they're actually aligned and they're, you know, they're, they're giving the same message out. Um, and then that extends to places like customer service as well. You know, um, customer service person should be able to almost kind of like sell the business. Um, you know, make, you know, I'm not saying they should be able to, if someone phones them up and says, right, I'm interested, uh, they don't necessarily have to do it on the phone there. They'd pass it over to the sales team. But, you know, they should be able to answer questions and deal with customers and prospects in a way that uh, doesn't just fulfill their KPI of answering tickets or, or chat messages and things and actually, actually contributing to the business. Um, so just finally then, uh, if you could kill off one particular marketing channel or tactic, what would it be? Personally, for me, I would say multi-level marketing, uh, the pyramid schemes that you see today, I would, I would say I have not been part of any of them, but I've seen them. And for some reason, they just don't seem legit. I'm sure there are schemes out there which are actually very, very well executed and actually bring a lot of value. But some of the schemes out there are, are just, they just seem very dodgy. Um, personally, I like to see, see the end of those. Um, but as I mentioned, there are companies out there who are doing a great job at it um, and it's genuine value for everybody. But yeah, multi-level marketing, payment schemes, yeah, I'm not a big fan of them. Fair enough. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not something I know much about, but I, I imagine there are some genuine companies out there who you know, done it well. They provide all the training and help and everything that people need. Um, they really support their marketers or, or salespeople, really. Um, and then there are other companies that kind of just say, uh, we, we've got, the, you know, the, those people that we're selling to, that's our customer base and that's it. And we don't really care how they do. Um, but that's just a relatively uh, uneducated opinion, to be honest. Um, I actually know, know one guy on, the, on Facebook who, I think he does coaching for multi-level marketers. Um, cause, and he... he he admits he used to do it in a really kind of scammy, uh, well, not scammy, but kind of like, you know, not a great way. Um, and he's changed his approach and now he's helping, helping these people um, uh, build proper businesses out of it because it you know, must be possible. Sure. I, I believe so. I think if done properly and if there is genuine advantage there for the, the partners, the, the, the marketeers and the end consumer, there is certainly... Uh, you know, merit in doing it, but I, I've seen a lot, you know, a lot of companies just not doing it properly, and that leads to a very bad um, feeling of the company, and that's not, not a great brand for them either. Uh, well, I suppose it comes down to that long-term strategy thing again, doesn't it? Um, the companies that will do well will be putting the time and effort into educating their. Uh, I don't really know what you call them: consultants, marketers, salespeople. You know the the people who buy products from them to then sell on, uh, they spend the time, you know, really educating them, uh, qualifying them, you know, are they actually the right person to get involved in this or are they just 
So they think they're just going to throw their money away. And the short-term thinkers are the ones who just advertise it to everyone as, yeah, you can make you know $1,000 a month sitting at home. Um, and just and, and their, their churn is probably really high. Um, they probably potentially get a lot of people into debt. I don't know. Um, but it's that short-term thinking of, we're going to make some money quickly and then we'll, we'll find someone else to sell to. Yeah, totally agree. Cool. So, um, yeah, really great stuff. Really interesting. Um, a big fan of content marketing, but yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, you, you've got to take that long-term approach and do your research and everything. Um, how can people contact you if they want to find out more? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Raj Goodman Anand. If you search that, you'll probably find me. If you Google me, you'll find me there as well. But also, uh, I'm, I'm on, obviously, you can check out my, our website, goodmanlantern.com. Um, one thing that I'm doing quite a bit now is to, to launch courses. You know, again, you know, I, I obviously eat my own, own dog food, as it were, and uh, I'm, I'm launching a lot of courses, free courses for everybody to kind of look at. These are about... Um, about content strategies. It's about um, what tools to use in, in digital, for example. Um, and and my, my, my mission uh, for this year is to increase and my, my good karma by 10 times. So I'm, you know, I'm, I spend a lot of time uh, responding to people on LinkedIn. I do a lot of LinkedIn um, uh, content writing. Um, I, I do this. I, we have a Facebook group called Sales and Marketing Mastermind with five and a half thousand members uh, where, um, you know, again, we get a lot of value. It's all about, I'm not talking about us, it's talking about, you know, common challenges for companies and to really help them. Because I think, you know, there's enough business out there. Even in these times, there's enough business out there. I mean, the testament is, you know, since the pandemic hit, we have stayed stable. In fact, we've, we've been growing a little bit, uh, not as quickly as, as last year, but still growing. Um, and it's all because we really believe in giving value and really taking care of our, our peers, uh, our customers, our partners. So if you just Google uh, me, I'll, I'll come up. And if you want to have a chat, you know, by all means, get in touch with me. Uh, I'm always willing to give my time and, and help where I possibly can. That's great. Yeah, cheers, Raj. Thank you, Will, for the opportunity. There's loads of ways of providing content to your audience, uh, whether it's simply social media and an email list or writing books or white papers or even video and audio content such as podcasts. The key to content marketing is to come up with a really clear objective and strategy for it and keep consistent with it. If you release a weekly article, make sure you keep posting weekly. I post daily on LinkedIn and uh, I make sure this podcast is out every week at the same time. Finally, stick with it. Content marketing does take time to show results and you'll find yourself tweaking and refining it as you go to find the content that really works. It's a bit pointless if you write five or 10 blog articles and, and just give up because it hasn't done anything for you. If you'd like to learn more about content marketing, do reach out to Raj on LinkedIn or via the Goodman Lantern website. And as always, send any questions or requests for the podcast to will at customerswhoclick.com. In the next episode, I'll be speaking with Peter Went about brand positioning and finding the right message for your audience. But until then, keep those customers clicking. Yeah.